Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey, gorgeous, it's Denise here, and welcome to another episode of Chill and Prosper. Um, it's always fabulous to show up and serve you, but also I just want to say a big thank you for listening to this podcast, whether you have just listened recently or you've been listening all year or you've been listening for a while, even before it was Chill and Prosper because I used to just have, I think it was just like Lucky Beach podcast or something like that. So a big, big thank you for um, supporting me all year round for DMs and messages and all the beautiful things. So I really, really appreciate it. And um, we are going to have some time off of the podcast soon. I don't even know how long, but we'll probably be back in January. So this is our last episode of the year of Chill and Prosper. And it's always a really great time to talk about um, the holiday-specific money blocks that come up at this time of year. It's one of my favorite topics because it's so illuminating um, and, you know, this is always the theme for our December call for Money Bootcamp is around holiday money blocks. And just straight off the top too, you know, I, I usually say holiday rather than Christmas because not everyone celebrates Christmas, um, but I might use Christmas interchangeably a little bit in this episode. So please don't at me. But um, just an acknowledgement too, not everyone even celebrates the holidays, but a lot of us do at this time of year, which means spending time with family whether it's, you know, Thanksgiving or Hanukkah or Christmas or even a little bit later with um, Lunar New Year and Chinese New Year, really the next couple of months is often a time of family get-togethers. It's a time of money stress for a lot of people, gift-giving, um, contrast. I'll talk about contrast in a bit. Um, travel and even without all of that, Coming to the end of the year can be a very stressful thing for people too, feeling like you haven't hit all your goals, you haven't achieved everything that you want to achieve. And it still is, you know, like 31st of December and um, New Year that's celebrated in so many parts of the world, it it does feel like a marking of, of something, you know, and it can feel very symbolic. In Australia, it's summer. And so unlike in Europe and um, like you know, America and all that kind of stuff where you guys have this big, long summer break. Ours is summer, but it's, it's, there's Christmas and New Year and school holidays and everything all in one. So it doesn't feel like this big, long, relaxing break. It's very bitty and there's a lot of stuff that happens in there. Um, we're spending Christmas this year in Europe. So we're um, going to Lapland and we're going to go see Santa Claus and we're spending time with Mark's family. And um, so it's a very different experience for us being in a cold climate than being in a warm climate. Um, there's something there too around um, being colder. I think you're much more aware of, you know, this time of year where people are, are lonely um, you know, even more so money is a big thing because in Australia, like in summer, cool, you need aircon and stuff, but you can still go to the beach. Whereas I think when you're in a cold country, if you're alone or you're struggling with money, the cold makes things so much harder. I think you feel much poorer. 
you know, if you can't afford heat or warm food or you feel lonely, it just feels, it feels different. So it's a very different experience for our kids to have a cold Christmas. It really is. It's a completely different experience. But anyway, um, and I'm very much looking forward to that. So make sure you follow um, me on Instagram because I'm sure I'll be sharing stories um, of us like, I don't know, I think we're going to stay in igloos or something and see the northern lights. I don't even know. I haven't paid much attention. I'm not good at um, organizing travel. I'm really good at turning up and being like, what are we doing today? Um, Yeah, but I'm looking forward to seeing um, meeting Santa at at Lapland because I love, I love um, the magic of Christmas. And I remember last Christmas reading this article on, um, uh, what is it, Humans of New York and it was someone who's a professional Santa Claus at Macy's. And it just made me cry because when he talked about the magic of people visiting Santa, um, you know, as a as a ex-children, ex-children's performer too, like I love the magic of performance and oh, I just, I love the magic of it, even though, you know, my family, we're not religious. We don't celebrate it from a religious point of view. But I love the magic of Christmas. And I think it's so much more fun in that way, being in a cold country and being able to wear the, you know, the Christmas jumpers and having snow. Whereas in Australia, it's so hot, but like we still pretend. So our decorations have fake snow on them and stuff like that. But it's it's not as Christmassy. It's really not. All right. So let's talk about the money blocks that might be coming up for you um, this time of year and what we can do about it to feel... Um, like more solid and secure because especially if you're seeing a lot of family members, this can really trigger old patterns, old behaviors around money, old fears, but it can just actually make you feel quite discombobulated and you might not know why, right? If you're in money boot camp, you know, we talk a lot about origin stories, money memories, and how they relate to us as grownups. Um, but if you're not familiar with that part of my work, this is a really good chance for you to look at some of your behaviors around money and how it could relate to gift giving holidays, uh, to family occasions, to holidays like Christmas or Hanukkah or New Year, and what what it's created for you as a grown up. Okay, so let me give you a couple of examples here. Often around this time, it's around gift giving, you know, like... Um, giving and receiving presents or giving and receiving money or in in lots of cases like if you um you know if you're jewish and you don't celebrate christmas or you your your religion doesn't celebrate christmas there's a lot of them that don't you might have felt the contrast of that and feel like everyone's celebrating no one cares about me or no one cares about my my beliefs and my religion so wherever you fall on the spectrum of um christmas no christmas holiday anywhere I still think you can get some insights from this episode. So let's talk about gift giving. There are so many lessons to be gleaned from how your family gave and received gifts to each other, whether where it, whether it is the holidays or even birthdays, right? So it's a really good time to reflect and go, okay, what's my relationship? What's my relationship to receiving? And you might struggle to receive now. You might struggle to receive compliments, um, 
gifts from people. You might struggle to receive money from people. And this is a good chance to go and search for clues. So thinking about gift giving in your family, what were your best presents? What were your worst presents? What were you allowed to ask for? What strings were attached to presents? Okay, so this is where we start to pick apart the threads and we start to look at at some of this stuff. So let me give you some examples. Growing up, money was really scarce in my family, but my mum actually really liked to kind of go overboard with Christmas, but she's not necessarily the best present giver. And I don't think she's listening to this, but um, like because she's got undiagnosed ADHD and I didn't get diagnosed till I'm, you know, 40, whatever, I totally get this now because my kids will say to me, I'll go, oh, do you want this thing? And they'll go, I don't like that. How do you not remember that? And I think, oh, my God, there's so many things to remember. So I I have compassion for my mum now that some of our presents I'd be like, I don't even play with this anymore. Or like that was what, you know, like you gave the present to my brother that I asked for. So I totally get that now. Um, But also my mum would try and make up for um, like she would try and get a lot of little things and it was never anything that we kind of really wanted, but obviously she was trying to make a real effort. So I appreciate that. Now, one of the things was we used to get um, DVDs or VHS tapes, but they were always like dodgy kind of sequels or something. And so now when people sort of talk about, oh, remember that weird movie that was like Teen Wolf 2? I'd be like, I've only seen Teen Wolf 2 <laughs> because the the sequels – that often weren't as popular or they were straight to DVD or straight to tape, they were the ones in the bargain bins and that's where mum would buy presents from, the bargain bins. By the way, Teen Wolf 2, great movie. Um, Grease 2, amazing movie. Um, And so I think when I look at things like that and I connect the dots to how I am as an adult, I actually am, I find it really hard to receive gifts And one of those things is I feel guilty, which I did feel guilty a lot um, with my mom because I'd think I'd feel ungrateful. I'd go, I don't even like this, but I should be grateful because she's a single mom and she sacrificed a lot or she had to work a lot of hours to be able to afford this Christmas. So there's just always a lot of guilt attached for me around presents and dissatisfaction and not wanting to like ever show disappointment. But also we were never really allowed to ask for anything. And that was a really big key too and a big difference between myself and my husband, Mark. When we first started dating and I lived in the UK, I mean, he was 19, I was 23. Um, But I remember he was saying, oh, I've got to write my Christmas list for my parents. And I'm like, what's a Christmas list? And he goes, oh, I just tell them what I want and they buy it for me. And I'm like, what? You're allowed to do that? And I just thought, oh, my God, if I had done that, I would have just – it would have been like, you're so ungrateful. Like uh, it would have been just like how, like the audacity of asking for what you wanted was a really big deal because I thought, one, you're not allowed to ask. Two, you're not allowed to presume. Three, you're, it will probably change anyway. You're not allowed to even hope and wish for something because mum will probably screw it up. Or um, yeah, or it's just, it's you're going to be disappointed. And I'm sure so many of us share this example of really wanting something and then you get like the inferior version of it you know you get the imitation version of it 
I tell you what, when Barbie mo- the Barbie movie came out, I feel like it really triggered a lot of um, adults of going, well, I had a Cindy or I had an imitation Barbie or I had, you know, the ugly Barbie or I had a hand-me-down Barbie from my cousins. There was a lot of um, collective, uh, like, not so much healing because I don't think a lot of people were able to have those discussions, but like kind of a triggering of memories, right? And so my job is to go, how do we connect the dots here? So if you have all of these conflicting feelings around presence or gift giving, how does this impact you as an adult? Are you allowed to ask for things? Are you allowed to set boundaries? Are you allowed to say no? Do you have to be grateful for what you're given? Are you allowed to... um, renegotiate are you allowed to change your mind and oftentimes you're not you're you're not allowed to do that and one of the exercises I get um, people to do all the time is to go into a restaurant and ask yourself what you want and you might think that's so easy okay cool but no for, for so many of us it's not and it's not even so much how much money our parents had because some parents were frugal even when they had a lot of money but also sometimes you're not allowed to ask, right? So if you sit and look at a, a menu and go, what's the cheapest thing? Or what am I allowed to have? You might be really unused to actually even asking yourself, what do I feel like? What do I want? What does my body crave? Um, instead of thinking, well, what am I allowed to have? And I, I still struggle with this. I, and I, I practice it. I go into a restaurant and I go, what am I allowed to have? No, well, what do I want? What do I feel like? And most of the time I'm just like, oh, I don't care. Because it was kind of like you get what you're given. You get what you get and you don't get upset, you know. And it's just like it's such a good lesson at this time of year to really ask yourself, what do I want? And then then you can change it in the future, you know, because you can go, you know what, I can say to my family, hey, let's not, um, you know, let's not, not do little joke presents. How about we all, you know, do a secret Santa or how about we all put money together and have this beautiful experience? Or, hey, mom, do you mind not buying toys for the kids? Can you buy them zoo passes instead? And that's where it becomes this whole extra learning around boundaries, asking for what you want, saying no to people. Um, I remember we did this with Mark's mom, who's her love language is generosity and presence, right? So even like in our 20s, We'd have Christmas with her and we would get this giant Santa sack and it would be full of stuff that was kind of just joke kind of presents. And at the time I was working for a sustainability consultancy and I was just sick. Like I felt so sick about it. I would be like, oh, this is just stuff that's just going to go to landfill. Like, And so we had a conversation with her and we were like, you know, we love that you love buying us gifts and we know it brings you joy, but it, like we take this stuff straight to the charity shop. And so it's a real waste of your money and you know you don't need to you don't need to do this for us um and some people's family members take that well and some people's don't but i think it's important how it makes you feel and if it's like you know what fine they can buy the things and i'm not going to feel guilty about taking it straight to the thrift store or i'm going to re-gift it or i'm going to do whatever and and you're just going to have to feel good about that Um, Let's take a quick break and I've got so much more to talk about, um, including some tips for how to deal with um, not so nice family members if you're seeing them over the holidays. All right, speak to you in a sec. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Jennifer Harrison. I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and I'm a stress and body mind health expert, certified Canfield success trainer, success mindset coach, and EFT practitioner. I help heart-centered entrepreneurs relieve stress and optimize brain power and create a success mindset so they can manifest the results they want in both their life and their business. I read Denise's amazing book, Chillpreneur, in November of 2019. And then in early 2020, I signed up for Money Bootcamp as part of an affiliate program she was promoting. One part of Money Bootcamp deals with money memories and forgiveness. There was one issue from childhood that I had already cleared parts out of using EFT. However, Denise's program helped me to uncover another aspect of this issue that I was able to work on and clear out. This resulted in me creating some new coaching packages with pricing more in alignment with my expertise and experience. One month later, I had a new client who purchased the package at full price. One of the things I love about Denise is that she's really transparent about her business and her own money mindset blocks that she's continually releasing as she grows new parts of her business. In Money Bootcamp, she's created a really safe space for her students so we can share both our money stresses and successes. Denise, thanks so much for your work helping women with their money mindset. I'm really excited about your new podcast. All the best. Okay, welcome back. We are talking about gift giving. We're talking about holidays and all of those things. And so hopefully you've already started to think about some of your presents that you've given or received and um, what that brings up for you. And I would love to hear, this is where I, I just, I get so curious. I love hearing people's stories about gifts and ahas that you've had about gifts. And it could be something that you can just have compassion and awareness for yourself. You can go, oh, no wonder I struggle, blah, blah, blah. And that is healing in itself. But I actually encourage you at this time of year to do some inner child work. And one of the things you can do is to buy a gift for your inner child, the gift that you never received, the gift that came with strings attached, the gift that was ruined by someone else, or, um, you know, just to have some healing around it. Um, there's so much to around, as I said, contrast. I said, put a pin in this, right? Sometimes it's not what we received. It's what we received in contrast to other people. So sometimes in some families, there is unhealthy dynamics. Sometimes people are not treated equally. Um, and so you might have had a sibling who was a favoured sibling and got everything and you didn't. You might have been the favoured sibling and you were hated for it, you know. And so now you're like, I can't shine. I can't make other people feel bad. You've, you know, you're dimming your light a little bit. Um, you might have never received presents and that's super sad. It really is. I've heard so many stories like that. You might have had like an evil stepmother that got amazing presents for her kids and you got a secondhand tea towel. I've literally heard everything like this. You might have um, received money that your sibling stole or your alcoholic dad stole. Sorry to trigger anyone on this stuff. But this is the time to look at it. And this is the time to um, to heal some of it. This is also the time if, you know, you're setting New Year's resolutions, you might go, this is the year I'm going to go to therapy and, and deal with that family stuff. This is the time I'm going to set boundaries with my mother. And you might need the help of a therapist for that, you know. This is the time that I'm going to, um, you know, not enable 
my brother anymore or not give money to that family member anymore. This is the time to really look at the giving and the receiving. So when I said about um, healing your inner child, you can go and buy something for your inner child that can not fix everything, but sometimes it can be really healing to have a talisman to kind of connect back to that inner child part of you and to go, you know what, I know you were sad or I know that this happened or I know that that was a um, overwhelming or sad situation for you and I'm here for you and I love you. And it might help you to reframe this time of year for you because there's a lot of people they do not feel like the holidays have good memories. You know, it could have been a time where your family divorced or just not so nice things happened at this time of year and it, it it's a trigger. And so we want to try and reframe it so it can just be like it can, you can have some joyousness or you can give yourself permission to celebrate in any way that you want to celebrate. You know, you might just go, all I want to do is just go away to a cabin by myself or all I want to do is just go and be on a beach somewhere and give yourself permission to do it even if other people um, don't approve or or don't like you doing it, okay? Um, so examples of little talismans that you can buy. So say, for example, you never got the Barbie. Go and buy yourself a Barbie. So many people do this for their kids. They overdo it with their kids to overcome what they had. But this is actually something for you. So it could be even like a Barbie shirt. And there's so much cool Barbie merchandise out because of the movie that came out this year. But, you know, you can... Like buy something from a shop that as a kid you were never allowed to shop in. So for me today, I have my backpack from a surf store. I think it's, I don't know, Rip Curl or something. But like as a teenager, I really wanted the cool backpack from the surf store. And I had to get like the Kmart bag. And um, that was healing for me. It wasn't even that expensive, but it was just like, wow, I'm allowed to have what I want Especially now I'm like, well, I could, I could have an expensive backpack if I want, but this one brings me joy. So it could be um, that you want to experience the joy of going ice skating or going to visit a tree or, um, you know, going and volunteering this time of year or buying yourself something or connecting with somebody. Like it, there's so many different ways that you could honor that inner part of you. And it could be your inner child. It could be your inner teenager. Um, it could be, you know, like the inner, I don't know, maybe you never got great presents from your partner. And you go, this is the year I'm just going to buy it myself. I'm going to just buy it, give them the receipt and go, here you go, wrap this up. And just accept it and just go, instead of thinking, oh, no one ever buys me what I want, just go, cool. No one, no one's good at, at presents. I'm going to be good at presents. And gifting is not everyone's love language either. Mark is amazing at presents. I'm not so good at presents. And it, it kind of stresses me out a little bit. And it's okay to not have the same love language as other people. Um, and also, it's on the other side too. You might be amazing at presents and you just go, oh, no one reciprocates. And it's like, well, spend that energy on yourself too. And, and give yourself permission to do what you want to do and for it to feel really, really good to you. Okay, so what do you do when coming together as a family triggers all your old stuff and people make you feel crap? 
Okay, so I'm just picturing a few scenarios here. So you might be seeing family members. You might be going back to your old hometown and seeing your frenemies. You might be um, seeing people that, you know, have not been nice to you in the past and you have to feel like you have to spend time with them. You might be, um, yeah, there's lots of scenarios here, right? And so I want to teach you a skill. It's called bean dipping that we talk about in Money Bootcamp. And it's such a great tool for avoiding being triggered and changing the subject. Okay, so it's called bean dipping and you can use it in in that way um, as a verb. Uh, So say, for example, you're at a party and your uncle's like, oh, how's your business going? Not so good, is it? And you go, oh, I don't even know what accent that's supposed to be. Um, And you can go, great, Uncle Bob, have you tried the bean dip? And bean dipping can be literally food or it can just be changing the subject. And it can be, yep, business is great. Where are you going on holidays? Um, business is great. How, how are the kids? Business is great. Oh, I love your jumper. Where did you get it from? Because you do not owe anyone anything, especially when it's around um, your business or money. It's so funny that when you have your own business or you're trying to do something different, I would never like go, hey, Uncle Bob, how much do you make? But there's something about entrepreneurship that people are like, how much money are you making? How many clients have you got? How many books have you sold? And it's like people can be so nosy and rude and they don't realize how nosy and rude it is. So you can just be like, great. Like you don't have to give people details about anything. Bean dipping can be, hey, did you watch the game last night? Hey, where are you going for summer break? Hey, like what are you doing for New Year's? Cool. What's People love talking about themselves. How's your business going? Um, and so bean dipping is just a really great way to deflect and shift the conversation. And it works really well. It works because, one, it gives you a plan because, you know, when sometimes you're just like, oh, I don't want to have that conversation again, it helps you be in control. It helps you keep, you know, yourself together and not go back into old roles. And so, for example, I noticed this with families and birth order. When everyone gets back together, everyone goes straight back into their birth order. If you're the baby of the family, oh, you know, Jessica, money always burns a hole in her pocket. Ha, ha, ha. Because when you're five, you dropped a dollar in the creek and they still treat you like that. There's something there about like you just fall back into those roles, especially say, for example, you're going home for Thanksgiving um, or, you know, Christmas and you're still at the, the kid's table. And you're like, I'm 42 years old. (laughs) Why am I still at the kids' table? And they're like, oh, don't trust her with making the gravy. Remember when she put, you know, sneezed in it? And it's like, great, I was seven. Like, get over it. So having something ready to go, having that bean dipping, a few of those bean dipping scripts can be so great, so powerful. And it just, you just go, you don't get to come into my armor you don't get to pierce my feelings about myself. And that might mean that you have to like up your protection a little bit. So you might need to do some EFT, some tapping in the bathroom, even though my mother drives me crazy. I deeply and completely love it except myself. Um, bean dipping works for all nosy questions, by the way. So if you're child-free by choice and people are like, when are you going to get pregnant? You can just go, you know, 
Ah, who knows? Anyway, what's, you know, what's your daughter doing? Um, And just deflect, deflect, deflect. So then you don't, you just have that armor up already. You might need to listen to some positive podcasts on the way to seeing your family. You might decide that this is the year that you're going to say, hey, can everyone stay in a hotel instead of all, you know, jumping into my apartment or, you know, like, let's, let's not do presents or let's not do an expensive thing or I'm not going to be doing that. Um, You know, you might need to read some books about boundaries and stuff like that this year. So then you can protect yourself and then you can start the new year fresh, knowing that you like yourself, you know, you can break patterns, you can break legacies and you don't have to be, you don't have to continue that into the new year. Okay. So hopefully that's given you some great ideas about where your money blocks might have come from, um, some new insights into some of your old stuff, how to heal some of it, healing your inner child, your inner teen, um, wanting a new relationship with giving and receiving. It's okay for you to give. It's okay for you to receive. It's okay for you to ask for what you want. It's okay for you to not get what you want and not make it mean anything about yourself. All right, so I've got one final thought for you straight after this break. I'm Anna Moran, a former journalist and newsreader from England, but I've been living in Australia for the past 10 years, working in oil and gas and mining. My sister's photography business was kicking off back home and she was tripling her income within one to two years. When I asked her what her secret was, she sent me Denise's audiobook, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch, and it has changed my life. The first thing I did was to revamp my underwear drawer and I spent hundreds on knickers and socks. Thank you, Denise. I then went into work and demanded a pay rise and then some more when I got what I asked for. Within a couple of months, I quit my job and I'm now using my radio and journalism skills to set up my own business, starting with my Britstralian podcast. And that's all thank you to Denise. Hey, and welcome back. And again, I just want to say from my family to yours, I hope you have an amazing holiday season, however you um, celebrate this time. And again, thank you so much for listening and being part of the Chill and Prosper community. And and for those of you who are in my money boot camp, thank you for being part of our community as well. So I just wanted to end with a couple of quotes. Um, there's a, a, a really great one that I just saw um, from Carlos Rios Zafon. Presents are made for the pleasure of who gives them, not for the merits of who receives them. And I think that's, you can take that in so many ways, right? It's okay for people to give give you presents and get pleasure out of that. And you don't have to take anything into receiving it. You can receive it and give it away. You can receive it and keep it. It doesn't mean anything about you as a person. I think that's a good one. But here's a great great one from Sheridan Hay. Remember, a book is always a gift. So when in doubt, give someone a book. Isn't that just, I think that's so beautiful. Um, Remember, a book is always a gift. And if you're an author, just give everyone your book. (laughs) Just give everyone your book. Why not? Um, Yes. Okay. So have a beautiful, beautiful holiday season. And I will see you in the new year when we resume chill and prosper and yep don't forget to follow me on social media so you can see i'm gonna go visit santa and i'm gonna be super gleeful about it and i love i love it it's gonna be so much fun all right uh chill and prosper for now and forever see you next year bye 
Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.